0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard. And I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening... The owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Jesus Christ. Most of us would probably be upset if it happened to us, wouldn't we? If I'm a day laborer and I work the whole day, why should the person who worked only the last hour of the day be paid the same amount? Surely I ought to be paid more than someone who has worked less time than I, right? Well, if we believe Jesus preached this parable to teach us his thought on human work and labor relations, then the parable most certainly will seem perplexing. But this wasn't the point of the parable. Jesus used this parable, as he used so many parables, to teach what was happening in his very person and mission, what God was doing in and through Christ, who is the Messiah. Jesus came to bring mercy And he would not withhold his mercy, even from those who for their whole lives lived apart from the Lord, but then came to him toward the end, or late in the game, if you will. Jesus himself said that he came to call sinners to repentance. Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is why the scribes and the Pharisees were so scandalized by our Lord. He welcomed tax collectors and prostitutes, he dined with them, spent time with them, interacted with them. But he did this to bring them his mercy and salvation. The scribes and the Pharisees saw themselves as the righteous ones. They saw themselves as the laborers who had been in the vineyard the whole day. And so they saw themselves as righteous, as deserving God's reward more than the so-called sinners. So what does this mean for us? Well, you and I who do our best to practice the faith and to grow in our relationship with the Lord to live a virtuous life we might be tempted to carry within ourselves the attitude that we are more deserving of God's rewards of more deserving of his salvation and mercy than other people who don't follow the Lord but that's not how God thinks and that's the point of the parable The Lord's desire is that every person be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth of who he is. That's what Scripture teaches us. Yes, we have to have our hearts open to receiving salvation and truth, but his desire is that every person be saved. You and I, therefore, should also desire that every person come to know Jesus that every person come to receive the mercy of Jesus and ultimately the salvation that Christ offers us. This means, then, that the Christian should never wish evil upon someone, especially never wishing eternal punishment on someone. We've heard it said before, maybe you've said it, and I hopefully you've asked forgiveness if you've said it. But, you know, I hope, I hope he burns in hell, right? Or what a horrible life she lived. I hope she burns in hell. That, my brothers and sisters, is sinful. And it's unbecoming of one who has been redeemed by the Lord Jesus. This, by the way, is... Why the church, as you know, the church canonizes people. We go through the canonization process, and the church names particular people who are saints. We know they are in heaven. They've lived a heroic, virtuous, holy life. But the church has never named a single person who is in hell. Now, that's not to say there aren't people in hell. We believe in hell. Hell is a reality. But the church has never named a person who's in hell. The church has never said, we believe that this person is eternally damned. Why? Because even until the last moment of a person's life, if they open their heart to the Lord's mercy and ask him to forgive them, will God reject their plea for forgiveness? No. Not if it's sincere and from the heart. Now, we might think, well, I've been faithful my whole life. I've worked in the vineyard my whole life. That person, they live a horrible life. Why should they receive God's forgiveness even at the end? Why should they receive salvation even at the end? Because that's precisely why Jesus came. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So we should rejoice in God's mercy for others. We should desire God's mercy for others. We should pray that their hearts be open to receiving God's mercy and salvation. The best example of this is our Lord's interaction with the repentant thief. We call him Saint Dismas. What a powerful lesson, right? The good thief hanging on the cross next to our Lord asks forgiveness. And Jesus says to him, this day you will be with me in paradise. The scribes and Pharisees would have said that that man was not deserving of God's salvation. Jesus saw otherwise. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So we need to allow our thoughts to be conformed to his thoughts, our hearts to be conformed to his heart. The second reading today, St. Paul says, Conduct yourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. We do not conduct ourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ when we wish evil on someone, when we wish somebody to be eternally damned. We do conduct ourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ when we pray for them, when we desire mercy for them, when we pray fervently to the Lord that they will open their hearts to the gift of God's salvation, even if it's at the last moment of their life.